Hello and welcome to the In The Clear NRL podcast. I'm Connor Hickey and I have Paul Roberts and Chris Bullos with me today, guys. How's it going? G'day, boys. Very well. Very well after Easter, thank you. That's good. Uh, the podcast that we're doing today is produced by ACM, which is a division of Fairfax Media. Um, we're heading into round eight this week, but first we're going to have a look back at round seven and actually a, a little bit of the, the season as a whole. Guys, you wanted to talk about uh, some surprises to, uh, today. So why don't we start with you, Paul? What surprised you? Yeah, I thought... We're, we're almost a third of the way through the season rather than what stuck. Well, holistically, what stuck with me has been a big surprise, and that is the bunker. And actually, a nice surprise. It hasn't been as prevalent as last year. Um, stats show that it's it. we're going to the bunker about mid-twos each time, so two and a half times each game compared to, two, uh, to, compared to three and a half times last year. It's shaving a little bit off the games. It's making the games a little bit quicker. And I'm pretty happy with the fact that they're still getting it wrong, guys. We, we know that. So don't, you know, I'm not professing that they're perfect. What I'm saying is the fewer times you go to the bunker, the better, because it stops boffins from, from the likes of me, you and you, and the guys on the hill complaining too much. It's just getting on with the game. We make mistakes, move on. I don't think it's cost anybody two points this year. What's your thoughts around the bunker? Oh, not, not in any games I've seen. I think the problem with the bunker last year was that the NRL never said this, but the media sort of painted it that it was going to be this panacea to end every, um, you know, howler or, you know, robbed game that, that had ever happened, you know. And it was just, I don't know why anybody would have thought that. I mean, it was meant to be an improvement. Clearly there were... Um, you know, there were issues with the video referee in the past. I mean, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there's a video referee decision that sticks out in our mind somewhere where you just thought, what the hell was that? But, uh, you know, yeah, like the, the bunker was never meant to be, as far as I can see, like the, the be all and end all and the, there's never going to be a mistake again. And the, the only reason why people started complaining about it, from what I could tell, is that the, the media had said, oh, you know, there's never going to be a wrong decision again. So, uh, you know, look, Every now and then you get a dud call. I think that that Manly uh, Jason Nightingale Daily Chair Evans thing was a pretty dud call to be honest. But who cares? Like Manly didn't lose the game because of that. They went. They surrendered like thirty points. It doesn't matter. Um, I'm a big fan of the bunker. I like what they do. I think every now and then they get it wrong. Get on with it. Move on. Yeah. I, I, there's no howlers anymore. They're stopping the howlers. But the fifty-fifty ones. If you if you empower a referee to, to make a decision on the field, I liken it to cricket. You know, if if you get a small LBW wrong in cricket. You know, people don't mind as much. It's the big howlers they're worried about. So let the play go on. Let the referee make a decision. You know, they're, they're getting it done on the field. You know, people don't mind if you know, a little knock-on gets missed here or, you know, try. You know, a lot of the 50-50 calls, you know, the technology is not going to see if it's a try anyway. So I'm happy with how they're going. I think they're going strong. And that raises the point, guys. Some people have raised this zany thought that uh, the bunker should be brought in for forward passes. How on earth could it be brought in for forward passes? I know we've missed some forward passes this year, but if those buffheads with the flags, with their painted on eyes, can't tell a forward pass from a backward pass to a lateral pass, um, we're paying the wrong people in the game. Do you know they need to be able th- to tell. Do you know one way I think you could? I mean, I've actually thought about this a lot. I think there's two ways you could do it. Sometimes, you don't have, unfortunately, it's not like gridiron where you have a line at every part of the field, but... Say someone passes the ball at the 20-metre line and the player catches it past the 20-metre line. Now, you know, there's that, there's that rule where you can pass the ball forward. 
uh, sorry, you can pass it backwards, but it can float forward. But I mean, if you're catching it in front of where the player's passed it, I think you just call it a forward pass. Yeah, but that's the problem. It's not always forward though. If you pass, if, yeah, if you're running, I mean, so, if you're so, running forward and you pass it back, it, so the, the, you can pass it at the 19 meter mark and catch at the 22, and it's still the pass well, so is gone back. So then, my thing, my thing would be maybe change the rule to make it clearer. Yeah. Maybe just say if you catch the ball in front of a player, it's a forward pass. No, I'm with Paul. I reckon the touches are there to do a job. If they can't do the job, if they miss it, then um, yeah, the bunkers have no chance. Look, so. there are a few dodgy ones on um, that. Uh, what was it? The Para West game last week, yeah. where I thought, you know, ball floated forward, but it came backwards out of the hands. I I, I, I see your point, Connor, but you're changing history if we're going to change that rule. Oh, I mean, it's done all the time, though. I mean, oh, look, I, I've said this before, I'm a big NFL fan. When they have a rule that isn't working, they just go change it. And so, you know, if, if the forward pass is, is so hard to adjudicate on, which clearly it is, the forward passes are missed all the time. There's probably 10 forward passes a game that don't get called. It's actually weird, I think, when there is a forward pass called because there's so many that don't get called. Particularly especially out of, out of dummy half. Yeah, yeah, particularly out of dummy, dummy half, half all the, the time. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you can't catch it with the rule, maybe the rule's the problem. Not the referees. Well, speaking of change in history, my biggest surprise this season has been the rise of wingers. You know, traditionally thought as 70 kilo fast men to put the ball down. These days, wingers are as important as fullbacks, front rowers, you know, getting your set started. Jordan Rapana, David Norfoluma, Vunavalu. These guys are making 150, 200 metres per game. Again, their team's on the front foot. No longer are they, you know, just you know, people that just are sticking up two player. and five. Yeah, but there's been games this year where wingers, you know, I think there's been a couple of times they should have got me in the match because they've been that influential in the result. You know, they're 100 kilos, they're skillful, and I think more and more you look at someone like Penrith, they're missing Josh Mansell, not yeah. only, and that is, he just, his carries out of the field make it so a big difference. So that's the biggest surprise to me that teams still haven't, you know, one, got... I don't think they put enough effort on tackles one and two on the kick chase and, you know, targeting that, you know, people like Jordan Rapana, people have tried to come up with ways to stop him, they just can't. So um, that's my biggest surprise is how, how good wingers are going the this year. The only thing you can really do is kick to the other side of the field. And, I mean, if you're in, in terms of the Raiders, they've got Nick Kotrick there. So the only thing you can really do is kick to him and hope, hope he's not as good as Rapana. Yeah, Rapana just pops. He's um, like an extra halfback. He pops up all around the place. Who's um, the uh, Kevin Aguamas, the Tigers, other winger? So you've got to try kick to his side of the field, I guess. And that's um, that's really all you can do. And, and at least then, you know, if they're taking the hit up on the second tackle, you're hoping that you've got a, a structured defensive line as opposed to, you know, a couple of guys chasing down the field. Yeah, look, the, the corner post rule... Um, is the best rule that they've brought into the game in the last 20 years. Maybe the 40-20 40-20, I was going to say, yeah. Um, but, but making that um, able to be hit and the, and the ball still to be planted has given us a hell of a lot of um, highlights for the highlight reel. And I reckon there are actually, because of that, there are, there are more of those types of highlights than um, just cross-field kicks to the big wingers. I think there have been fewer tries scored from the cross-field kicks to the wingers this year. Well, why would you do the cross-field kick? I mean, it's such a... Because you can catch it in the goal. Um, you catch it on the falling goal and then you get, um, you get a seven-tackle seven set or, you know, the, the, the team... Ca- you, you drop it just in front of the line, you know, this... I don't know. Yeah, maybe one for another day, but my, my biggest pet hate are the blockers on those bombs these days because you can't... The big jumpers now don't get the big running leap now. So people like back in the day, Falau and all those people used to get the big running jumps. It just doesn't happen anymore. The, the centres are so well adapted to blocking 
I'll put in inverted commas. Yeah, they it's whether it's legal or not. But yeah, that's that's a big reason why there there's yeah. not many tries from the bonds anymore. I think you, yeah, I think you'd be mad to do anything other than a, a grubber or a or a big bomb if you're gonna kick. Like the chip is I mean, I don't know, I suppose it does have a place if there's a bit of a broken line and you can kind of isolate a guy if there's a bit of space out wide or something, but it's it's a it's not a great percentage play. I'd prefer a grubber where anything can happen. Yeah, what surprised you? Um, what surprised you in the first seven rounds? Uh, the Brisbane Broncos. Wow. Now, look, I think I tipped them to come about seventh. I mean, and the reasoning was I just thought you can't leave the Broncos out of the eight. And I you know, I was dazzled by some of these teams like Penrith and the, the Titans. <laughs> Not sure why I was now that I think about it. But uh, actually, I, I, I'll stick up for the Titans. I think they've just had a rotten run with injuries. And they nearly beat the Broncos on the weekend as well. But... Um, you know, I saw Peter Sterling predicted that the Broncos wouldn't make the eight earlier this year, and I think a lot of people were sort of thinking, yeah, you know, he, he might be onto something that. But um, they they look great. They've had a couple of tough losses and some really good wins, and I don't know why anybody really ever doubted that they wouldn't make the eight. Yeah, I think I think Ben Hunt. I think they'll just yeah, you know, he was going next year, and he I thought that his mind wouldn't be on the job. He's now injured. You know, they've got a you know I think uh, Matt Gillette is just taking his game to a new level and James Roberts is playing good footy at the moment still not convinced they're going to be top four or anything but I think at the moment they're playing um, really I mean who would you I mean now that we've got more information on the season because obviously before the season we don't really know how teams are going to go and there's all these different things like injuries that kind of like the Titans for example look at the injuries they've had um, like who would if you if you ask me now at the moment I think Sharks and Melbourne's defence have placed them one and two I think yeah. the defence is really good St George at the moment slotting at number three along and you know Anzac Day's going to be awesome clash I think the Roosters I think they're the top four teams at, the, at this really, point really the time. Roosters yeah at this point in time yeah. they've dropped two in a row they got they they they've been, they beat Newcastle, but they oh, sorry yeah, yeah they did but they they're uh, you know I think they got the guns to to match in the top four but I think but Brisbane who you know Darius Boyd's playing more Origin will test them out but I think they yeah think well actually that's yeah. a good point yeah. yeah I think yeah I'm waiting another four to six weeks to see how the Australian test and and Origin sorts those guys out because looking through their team they'll have a few uh, playing extra games and. Tough games too. So, yeah, it might be a surprise, mate. Um, I think it'd be a surprise to me if they finish in the top four. Um, I Well, who would think, you have ahead of them? Obviously I'd, Melbourne. I'd, look, I, I would agree with all... Maybe I would agree the Dragons. With three, of, three of the four. I still have my doubts around my Dragons. Um, but because they've kicked off with only one loss in the first seven rounds, they'll be there or thereabouts on that cusp of the top. Of, uh, in the top four, yeah. but um, I think somebody will nab them for the top four, and you know I'm not sure who that is at the moment. I'll wait another couple of weeks, but mm. um, we'll we'll see. We'll see. It'll be an interesting next four to six weeks for for the Bronx. Definitely. Well, look. Let's let's look at ahead at round eight. Um, the Canberra Raiders and the Sea Eagles down at uh, Canberra this week. I'm I'm going to tip Canberra. I think looks like uh, we've got some odds in front of us as well. Looks like they're heavy favourites, and I think they should be. Yeah, the green machine are rolling, aren't they, Paul? They are, mate. They are. I'd like your thoughts around how Brian Kelly's going to handle Joseph Leilua um, and the boys out on that side of the field. Um, I don't think anybody really has for the past 18 months, so I'm not sure why Brian Kelly will be able to. No, I just I can't see it happening. Look, I expect the the Eagles to go okay. Um, I see Martin Tapau's back, one of my favourites because he puts in. Um, 
but you couldn't go against the Raiders in, in Raiderland. Um, and and as, as someone who, who used to live in Canberra for many years, it's I understand how obvious this might sound, but winter is definitely coming there. It will be really cold there on Friday night. The boys from the beach probably won't be able to handle it. There's a show in that, mate. Winter is coming, I think. Um, <laughs> I'd just like to say one one player I've earmarked for this again, Jared Croker. Oh, he stole he my line. Is, oh. is one of my first picks when, when the Blues come out. I think they're, 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 I think they're four out of five since his return. That tackle he made last week, the try save on Tulbar Shek, unbelievable. Like... He's just he brings that steadiness. He's not the traditional captain, you know, big talker. But he just leads from the front always. You know, he just puts in. I, I how to stop Leilu and Rapana? I would love Manly just to attack them in defence. Just make them both make twenty tackles, twenty five tackles, and just run at them all day and just tire them out. That's I think that's their best chance to to get a win and move them move their big forwards around. But again, they I was surprised Manly last week. They could have easily rolled over and lost by forty. That was very easy. They could have done that. They they stuck at it. They got to, you know the Trevojevic brothers. You know they're combining well. They'll give it a good shot. And if Canberra are not on their game, Manly will will get them. But I think Canberra will be too strong. Yeah, yeah definitely Canberra. Uh, moving on to the next the next uh, Friday night games, the Rabbitohs um, hosting the Broncos at ANZ. Um, I've I've tipped the Bronx. I think um, Sam Burgess is is going to play. He got off at the judiciary, um, which I, I'm I'm not sure why they. I don't know if there was any debate about that. It certainly was a shoulder charge, but whether it was sort of he, they just said he was, you know, the got the plate it's a, gone. It's a lottery now. Kind of bracing, yeah. yeah, it's a general lottery. I don't know what to think of that. Ah, uh, yeah, it's a lottery. Um, I I don't think many of the players know the rules. I don't, absolutely, and they're confused. So, which which is a really sad state of affairs. Bring back the shoulder charge, for God's sake. <laughs> Um, I'm I'm going I'm going Brisbane too. I thought South had their chances on Good Friday. I still don't know how they lost that game. I, they had so many chances after half time to put that game to bed, and they didn't. And they just if they're not going to take if you don't take your chances, you know they're not you know, they can't compete because I don't think their forwards are strong enough to match up with Brisbane. So I don't think they'll get as many chances as they did last week. So Brisbane are rolling. James Roberts flying. You know Cody Nikarima is going to push for his case for next year, so I um yeah, I think they'll get the two points. Yeah, agreed. I think um I think Brisbane can match them in the forwards. Um I think Matt Gillett Brisbane's Andrew McCulloch yeah, I think good. I think they've been really, really going well in the last two to three weeks. Um I expect them to match them and just to, to beat them out wide. Also Anthony Milford put two blokes across for tries uh, last week and they both spilled it. So the um the Bronx could have had a much bigger win um if I think it was Alex Glenn. I can't remember the other bloke who, who dropped dropped it, but they there were some butterfingers there. Yeah, but they also lost to Vita Pengai Junior. He's out for extended periods. That will that he gave him good impact off the bench, so we'll put a bit of extra pressure on the bench. I still think over Origin they're going to struggle because they will miss Maguire, Gillette, Thayde, yeah, and those those, those big point, players. Yeah. I think they will struggle over Origin. So I think every game Corey before Aaron's then probably as well. They're going to look to bank points, bank wins before that period. So yep. they'll 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 this, need to win this. This one. is one they'll no, they'll have earmarked for a win. Uh, the next game Saturday is at uh, three pm ANZ Stadium Parramatta versus Penrith. Boys, who do you tip here? This is going to be an awful game to watch, I think. Well, look, um, they were the the highlights of my lowlights in last week's podcast. In that um, they both had to win, and um, one team did and one team didn't. And the team that didn't, Penrith Panthers, I'm tipping to win this week. 
Um, I said last week, and thanks to our producer for reminding us uh, that um, I said they'd win last week because they had to, and they didn't. They got smacked by the Sharks. Um, I think they're a better team this week. I'll go back to, to the better team. I think, however, Matt Moylan, I think um, Nathan Cleary have got to stand up. They tell me Bryce Cartwright's back, maybe back. If he's back and playing, um, I just got to tip Penrith, even though it's at um, at the Eels home ground. Yeah, that's another thing. The Eels home ground. If this was at Paris Stadium, I'd tend to tip Parramatta, but Ains and Stadium doesn't hold that fear for teams anymore. I think I think that they'll find they'll struggle to they'll they'll lose, drop a couple of games just on that home ground advantage alone. Parramatta, Penrith are struggling. Parramatta is struggling, but Penrith I think have more upside for the fact that I think they've got. Their players, it seems like something's not gelling in their team. Bryce Cartwright could be that gel that brings them all together. Parramatta, Corey Norman is is definitely not playing as well as he did yeah. early on. That's How's a, a Dalian prediction going? Oh, it's a, it, he's if he he's had. I'm not sure if he's carrying an injury or he's you know he's, he's looked god awful. He's, he's looked really he's not, bad. He's not taking the ball to the line as much as he did, and I think that's, I think he, he did have a hamstring injury early on. I think he might be managing it because he hasn't looked as well as he had. Nathan Brown's been massive for Parramatta. He's come up. He's been the best buyer. He was playing hooker for a lot of that game last yeah, week. Yeah, and he's he's very flexible. I think Parramatta will be up for it. I think they'll be out to you know win the Battle of the West. You know, it'll be a big game. But I think Penrith, as we said it last week, they had to win last week. I think they have to win because I can't see they either of his teams making the eight on current form. So no, definitely not. Yeah, so I'm thinking Penrith. I just don't think their Ford pack has been uh, who Penrith or James Parramatta. I don't yeah, think Parramatta's Ford pack have been going forward enough for Corey Norman to get behind and do what he can do yeah. well. Yeah, that's um, Tim Manor and, yeah, I don't... I, I agree with you, yeah. Nathan Brown has been the standout yeah. by far, head and shoulders. And if he's the standout in that pack, they're in a bit of trouble. Agreed. I, um, I was at the Panthers game with our esteemed producer. Um, I, look, I'm tipping the eels, however, I'm going to reserve it and say if Bryce Cartwright comes in and plays number six, I'll tip the Panthers... Tamari Martin, I've watched. Um, I watched the Sharks game, and I also watched the Panthers play Melbourne. I'm sure he's going to be a great half one day, but he's just not going that well at the moment. The Sharks and the the um, the Storm were both rushing up on his side every single set, and I don't think I saw a, a kick, a little grubber kick through the line once. And that's an issue because every time, particularly against the Sharks, every time they would just rush up and cut down all the options on the outside and they, they couldn't change their... Now, I don't know if maybe that's a coaching thing. Maybe Hook just says, hey, listen, boys, just play to our structures. This, you know, it will work eventually. Um, but, you know, the, I think some at some stage you've got to change it up and, and maybe put a little kick through the line and, and see what comes on. And for my... I, I, they might have done one and I've forgotten it, but I don't think they did on the weekend. And I remember against Melbourne, they needed, I think, one try. And they just couldn't get it. Um, now, Nathan Cleary had a bad game for the Panthers as well. He, I know there was one stage in the second half early on where he dropped the ball on about the 50-metre line. Or it might have been a forward pass. Anyway, he made a mistake. And the Sharks spent the next 10 to 15 minutes camped on Penrith's line and really took the game away, away from them. And then... Penrith had a, an attacking chance later in the game and, and Cleary kick, kicked the ball dead. I know it's a difficult kick, but he, he kicked it dead instead of... And they didn't get the restart and instead 
the Sharks got a seven uh, seven tackle set. To be to be fair, I think Cronulla would have beaten most teams on the weekend. Their defence was unbelievable, and they got frustrated. But they are young, and I think they will yeah. develop. They haven't learned that part of the game yet. They need a plan B. You're right. And so that, I, that, yeah, that's, I, that's, I think if if Bryce Cartwright comes in and plays number six, that might add something a little bit different um, than what's going on at the moment. But look, if if he comes in and, and plays, I'll tip the Panthers. But otherwise, I'll, I'll I think I'll tip the Eels. Although neither team excites me very much. Um, we move, can tell that. Yeah. Man. Moving on, the Cowboys versus the Knights. Another two teams that aren't very, very exciting at the moment. Um, the Cowboys have got Winterstein back, but they're still missing Jonathan Thurston. Um, this is up at Townsville, so I'm going to tip the Cowboys. Um, but you know. Who, who knows, really, because they've got a lot of injuries. Look, the cows will win. The cows will win. Um, I see they're paying a dollar thirty-five, and yeah, that's about right. Um, they uh, they turned the lights on at half time down in Wollongong. They woke up and thought uh, we're at a football game. Yeah, I didn't catch this game, but I was looking the following the scores, and I was like, well, that, that's it. The dragons have won, and then well, typical uh, typical dragons. Um, just watch out. Um, they switched off. They gave away some some pretty silly penalties, and um, the Cowboys nearly nabbed them. So look, I thought Michael Morgan was okay. Um, Hess and Tamalolo were pretty good. Certainly in the second half, very good. Um, Ponga was okay um, when they when they gave him the ball and when he found the ball. Um, they should win and win well. Yeah, the world's biggest halfback, John Asiata, was. Great in the second half. Like they, they, you're right. They did. Come, they came to life in the second half. It was like they were just, you know, waiting for everyone, someone to do something. Morgan needs this. Morgan, it's at, on current form. Like I, I wouldn't pick Morgan for Queensland. He just, he just hasn't been running the ball. I don't know if he's another one carrying injury, but it's about that time when Newcastle have had three or four games in a row. They've been up and they had that poor game against Penrith. I could see something similar. I think yeah, it's going to be you know thirteen plus. Right. Moving on, uh, we've got the Sharks playing the Titans. Uh, this is Saturday night, 7.30, Southern Cross Stadium. I think the Sharks, poor old Gold Coast Titans, just can't catch a break. Um, although Jared Hayne is potentially going to come back. I wonder where he <coughs> he's going to slot in. I wonder if um, they might try him in the centres, given Tyron Roberts has looked pretty good at, at fullback. Although, probably, you know, probably not as good as Hayne can be at his best, but there was all, you know... We all remember all that stuff at the start of the year about whether Hayne actually sort of really cares or not. Yeah, they're paying they're paying Hayne too much money to not have him at fullback. I I, I think you know Tyron Robertson playing well and the Titans, you know Jared Wallace he's pushing for Origin jersey as well. He was outstanding last oh, week. Yeah. They they got the pieces of their forward pack starting to come together now. So I think that's pretty much you know, I'm, I'm on track with their best forward pack. If Proctor plays, um, he's he's like he could play as well. They'll be gritty, but Cronulla's defence, if you know. The, I think Penrith could have played for three weeks and not scored on Sunday. Yeah. Like they were just, they Wade yeah. Graham was just shutting everything down. You know, they, they seem their defence seems to be rock solid. Their attack's still not there, but I think they'll have too they'll have too many points for for the Gold Coast. Yeah, look, if they're fair income, the, the Titans, they've got to slot Hayne back at fullback. They've got to bring uh, Harrell back into the centres. And give it a fair income crack. I think Harrell's, um, Harrell's hurt though. I don't think he's been dropped. I'm pretty sure he's hurt. Well, they're, they're saying could return. Um, if he's okay, I'd play him. And um, with Dale Copley in the centres. So I, I just, look, Cronulla, too good, too strong, too defensive, and they'll, they'll, they'll yeah, win by a dozen. Cronulla will win this game. Well, as I said, they've been uh, talking about surprise. They've, the Sharks have surprised me with how they've 
come out this year without some of the big names attackers from last year and just you know I had them out of my eight, but I think I've, I think I've, after seven rounds they're in my four now. So yeah, great. It's um yeah they've just they've, yeah, they've been they're a big ruthless. surprise for me. They've been ruthless. Um, so the Sunday afternoon game there's only one game on Sunday this week like there was last week. Uh, Tigers versus the Bulldogs. I actually saw uh, Ivan Cleary down at the Panthers game. He was having a beer. I presume to watch watch his son um, son play. And this game, I'm going to tip the the Bulldogs. Why is that, mate? Well, I mean, look, you know, they've the Bulldogs started off really slow, and I think they've got a few troops back. They've got that young bloke Matt Frawley coming off the bench. Well, he's named in twenty, but I mean, you know, he might find it. Presumably, he'll find his way into the side because he looks like he's done pretty well um, in the two games he's played. I just I don't see how you, you could tip the Tigers in this game. I think it's it's at ANZ, so it's essentially both teams' home ground. Really, um, I, I think the Bulldogs will have too much. Yeah, look, I agree. I, I think the the Tigers can turn it on for ten minutes and then go to sleep. Yeah. Um, the, the best player on the field for mine, for the Tigers, was Moses Suley, and I noticed he's now in the centres yeah. uh, this week. He was really, really strong um, against the Eels, but you're not going to win a game through a centre. So I think they need a little bit more oomph um, from from the from their captain, to be honest. Um, a bit more go for it up there, but I think... Um, I th- I, yeah, I think the dogs will handle them up front and, and beat them comfortably. Yeah, it depends if Woods is playing for a contract. He could be playing against his former team, his future team, sorry. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, the, I, as, as I said, as soon as they get... They got one of the big four signed, yes, that's until all that stuff gets sorted out. I, I can't say the Tigers doing anything. Bulldogs, really good. They seem to have found a good combination with Frawley coming on. Leisha coming off, you know, and by going a hooker, I think that seems to be going well. And Brett Morris, they signed him two years ago as a fullback. He's finally in the number one jumper now, and I think he's making a good go of it. Bulldogs by plenty, I think. Yeah. Uh, so then we've got the first of the Anzac Day games. So these are Tuesday games. Uh, <coughs> the Chooks playing the Dragons over at Allianz Stadium. I'm, oh, I'm, apparently I'm t- tipping the upset, judging by the odds. So I'm going to tip the Dragons. I think they've got a little bit too much for the Roosters. It's my favourite game of the year, hands down. I love Anzac Day. It's a good. It, it it's, is a good day, actually. I, I it's like the it. greatest. If outside of finals time, this is the best regular season game. It's a shame it happens so early in the season, and then yeah, it just these games always seem to bring out the best in both teams. I think the, the Dragons won the last few. Uh, this is a flick of the coin job and game of the week by long distance, in my opinion. I think it's going to be a great game. The Roosters, uh, after initial, you know, they had they played well the opening weeks. No, they still haven't put a complete eighty minutes together. Even last week they struggled versus St George. They've just been putting back-to-back 80-minute performances together, although they did struggle last week in the second half. But this is a game I'm really looking forward to. I think the Roosters can win if they can if they hold the ball. But again, the Dragons have been starting off games really strong and just holding teams, and they'll be trying to do that again. Dugan back's a big plus. But yeah, that's, I, I that's, think, a, that's a big thing for the Dragons. I think um, the Roosters, yeah, Takiyahu came back last week. He's a big player for them, and I think he's... Um, He'll only he'll only boost that forward pack stronger, and I think they'll uh, they'll get the two points in a very close game. Yeah, it's always one of the better games of the year. This one, um, the stat is that the Sydney Roosters have won nine out of the last eleven games against the Dragons, just all encompassing any game. But um, the Dragons have won nine of the last eleven Anzac Day games. Oh, really? It's it's just bizarre. 
um, which you think I'm going to say as a St. George Illawarra supporter, the Dragons. No, I'm going the Roosters. That, really? that second half against the Cowboys worried Scarred me. You. And, and did scar me. Um, they, it was uh, St. George under pressure. If the Roosters can put them under pressure, which I think they can with that lineup, I think um, it, it'll be close, but I think the Roosters might just pip them. What do you think of Latrell Mitchell coming back from being arrested? Do you think he's directly well, he's one week away? So far. Yeah, I, I still don't know if he's coming back, back, mm. um, or if they've just named him in that um, extended group. But um, yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it'll be interesting. He's got a lot of talent, hasn't he? Yeah. He's a young fellow, though. So, so I mean, maybe they are legitimately resting him, but I, I think he got dropped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and the final game, um, Melbourne and the Warriors. I'm tipping Melbourne. I think we're all going to do the same. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they've got Will Chambers back, I see. Have a lot of time for him in a defensive sense um, as well. I think they can shut down um, the the visitors, but um, they, they can spring and upset the Warriors down there. So um, don't be surprised. But in saying that, I would be surprised. So mm-hmm. Melbourne for mine. Yeah, a bit like Brisbane. They, they just need to bank. These, this is the game they'd be looking to bank before Origin. They're, you know, it's at home. They've had a long turnaround. You know, I can't, I can't see the Warriors winning unless Sean Johnson has one of those games. But again, it'll be similar to it'll be similar to the game last week. Melbourne would come out very hard early on, and if 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 the Warriors can hold them in that first twenty, there is a chance. But uh, yeah, I I like Melbourne. Yeah, I like Melbourne too. I you know, I don't think there's anything the Warriors have shown us over the past seven rounds um, to say that they, they're good enough to beat Melbourne. Melbourne's the form team in the competition um, and should easily get this. Uh, and so, look, let's move on to the final thoughts. I actually kind of pretty much got my final thought off my chest earlier when talking about Penrith. I think they really need to, to, to change something up in attack. Um, well, they're not going to be able to beat the sides that... Um, a lot of us thought they, they probably could be uh, earlier in the year. So anyway, look, that's my final thought. So guys, what about you? Yeah, it, it's a similar one, actually. It's something that Chris has mentioned a couple of times about banking points. Um, this round's really important to make sure that um, they can bank the points. Those teams who have got, are going to have a, a fair representation in the, in the rep games coming up. So um, I think the rep games could actually be the saviour of the Panthers in a way. They are under a lot of pressure, but if they don't get too many players in those rep teams, and I wouldn't pick too many at the moment, to be quite honest, it might be something that they can turn around in the next six weeks. But next six weeks are going to be so important for the Panthers and a lot of teams. But the Panthers need to win five of their next six to convince me that they're going to even make the eight, let alone the four. Yeah, well, if you look at last year's ladder, I think... um I think the Raiders lost about five games during the year. And, and, I mean, if you look, even the Raiders, they're sitting fifth and they've already lost three games. So, you know, if, if they want to finish second, presumably you'd think they'd have to maybe lose, you know, they could only lose two more games the rest of the year. If you look at just at last year's table, um, Melbourne, obviously, I don't. I think they only lost maybe one game last year or two. They they didn't lose too many. Um, so there's a lot of teams which really, like, they, they need to start stringing some wins together. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I just on that, my final thought is I, I'm just going through the teams, and you know they say Western Sydney is the heartland of rugby league, but at the moment, Parramatta, Penrith, Canterbury, West Tigers, oh, they're not in my eight, and I, you know, I think they're going to struggle. You know, they're just all four teams have problems that you know various different problems, but unless they can turn it around before around that Origin period, you know, they could turn on. But 
at this stage, I bet my final thought is that you're not going to be one Western Sydney team in the top eight. Well, sad, but sad. probably true. Mm. Probably true. All right, well, that, that'll do us for this week. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, In The Clear NRL Podcast. Um, give us a like and subscribe. Um, obviously, if you don't like us, maybe just don't mention anything. Um, but we, we hope you do like us, and uh, we'll be back next week. See you guys. See you guys. Cheers, fellas. Cheers.